Welcome to Church Unfiltered with Dr. Anthony Cops, a leadership podcast brought to you by Breakthrough Ministry Consulting. We welcome you to another episode of Church Unfiltered. We are excited about helping church leaders, pastors, in accomplishing that which God has ordained for them to do. I am excited on this particular episode. We have two special guests that are with us on today. I've been uh, waiting to be able to get these two on here and just looking forward to what God is going to say through them. They are family members, they are brothers, they are pastors, colleagues, and, um, and I am just super excited to have Pastor Michael Steve Brown, who is the pastor of the True Vision Church in San Antonio, Texas, two locations, San Antonio and Kirby. And also we have his brother, my pastor, Pastor Ray D. Brown, who is the pastor of the Resurrection Church in Shirts, Texas, and one location in San Antonio, Texas as well. These are the Brown brothers. I just want to tell you all, even just recently, I saw someone uh, post online. Uh, I believe it was, it was one of you were preaching and they were like, these Brown brothers, <laughs> they put it in the comment section, these Brown brothers. And so just known across the land, across the country as being dynamic preachers of the gospel. And so we are excited to have them with us on today. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. All right. We have a lot to cover. We have a lot to cover in a short amount of time. And I want to make sure that our listeners have opportunity to get to know you a little better. So I, I introduced you in the church that you pastor, but please tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm going, I'm going to get it started already. Who wants to go first? I want to see it. All right. There's that brotherly cooperation. And so Pastor Ray Brown, you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Man, I um, just love the Lord. I grew up um, as a child pastor, a child minister, preacher, um, and um, in this city. I went off to Dallas to school for a few years, um, did a little more school in Fort Worth, um, pastored my first church in East Texas, came back here, um, uh, thinking that I would probably succeed my father. That did not happen. There's a little church in Universal City at the time called Resurrection. And uh, they took the chance on a 25-year-old kid, and 30 years later, here we are. Um, and God has given us, he's just uh, blessed us with tremendous mercy and grace. Um, he smiled on us in tremendous ways. I never dreamed of uh, pastoring in the suburbs. I've always, at least in my early years, thought I'd be more like any other African-American church, mostly inner city. And that's where my heart was. And um, the Lord sent me out there, out here, I should say, and um, really was nothing in shirts at the time. And, um, you know, here we are. And one time we were the fastest growing city in the United States and it grew overnight. And our church has been a, um, a recipient of that. And um, so the, um, a little bit more about myself, I know Michael could add to this. We grew up in a very strict household with parents who, who loved the Lord, who were somewhat superstitious in their beliefs to the point that they were very strict about how they showed us how to be Christians. You know, the Bible says, the Bible says, so they, that probably helped prompt some of my early, um, uh, I think, um, ambitions to, to be a preacher. Actually, and Michael will tell you this in a few minutes, um, I wanted to be a musician at first, that's all. I was my dad's minister of music and um, I played piano and organ and I wanted to be, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to do songs and albums and stuff. God said something different. 
And I knew once I got called to that first church in East Texas, I'd be pastoring until I retire, which is a few years from now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you for sharing that. That's Mike. Uh, I can make this quick in one sense. Everything he said, the opposite, other than loving the Lord, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, uh, similar experiences growing up. We, he, he already talked about how we grew up. No cards in the house, no dice in the house, no dominoes in the house. All of that was gambling. That's right. So, uh, no music other than, you know, what came on the local station then. It was Mahalia Jackson. Jackson. Mahalia Jackson type stuff. <laughs> Anything other than that was called blues. Wow. So that's kind of how we grew up. Uh, similar situation. You know, we grew up mimicking our father. Uh, we're definitely daddy's boys. We are, we're mama's boys. But we're daddy's boys as well. We mimicked him, played church and all of that till it got real. And uh, mm. And uh, like like Ray, I uh, went off to school in Nashville, Tennessee, and and thank God for that experience coming back here. Worked for my dad before I left a little bit. Didn't work for my dad when I got back. Uh, so in a similar way, uh, I was possibly going to be the heir apparent in a sense to inherit what, what, whatever uh, at Tremont Temple Church where my dad was. It didn't work out that way. The Lord called me to a church called True Vision Church, very small. Uh, humble beginnings, a few people there, maybe 15 or so. Um, I went there, a couple of families, and and here we are now, been there 23 years, so praise God, praise God. Wow, wow, wow. It's pretty remarkable that you both made mention of the of, of how strict or, or traditional that, that you grew up in, but yet you two are two of the most progressive pastors that, that I know. Um, your ministries are progressive. You have you have things you share things you do things in such a way that that keeps you fresh and relevant. How how do you think that that happened? As far as you you grew up a certain way, but yet your ministries are very progressive. I'll go first, Michael, on this one, and you could probably say the same thing. Um, our parents pushed us. Uh, my dad they pushed me to go to Bishop College. The exposure I got in Dallas, Texas, on a daily basis a progressive ministry changed my life. I was never the same after that. After meeting all these progressive pastors and E.K. Bailey, um, you can go down the list, you know, E.V. Hill. I was, I was, you know, immersed in that in the early 80s. Um, I watched Tony Evans go from apartment to where he is now. You know, I mean, all of this was emerging mm -hmm. in front of my eyes and uh, I could not wait um, to be a part of something great like that. Um, and Michael has a similar story because after I got started pastoring here, he, now he's going off. He's leaving San Antonio, going to Nashville. And Nashville had the same uh, kind of um, emergence. All these ministries that are mega ministries now, they were just getting started when he got there. They were getting started when I got to Dallas. They were getting started when he got to Nashville. And um, the evolution is amazing. I'll let Michael tell you this part. I, I'll, I'll approach it like this as well. My, our father, uh, you know how you go from law to grace, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, he was like that. I think the strictness was really in our early times. But I think my father grew. Watch this. I think he grew. Now, of course, he had a life before he was preaching military man, two wars, that kind of thing. And he grew. And after a while, it was okay to do certain things. I think our early upbringing 
maybe he was just extreming and, and wanted us not to turn out a certain way. So he was very strict. But I see him lessening and every now and then he would tell a joke and I'm embarrassed by the joke he told. I'm like, should I laugh at that? My father just told a joke, you know, that kind of thing. And after a while I, I learned, hey, Ray, remember that time we went over that preacher's house, had a pool table there, man, and Pop ran everybody off the table? That was actually my house. That was actually my house. Well, I yeah, there was also another, another preacher's house too, though. Another preacher's house too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so we didn't know our father had skills like that. If so he, he picked up a, that's right. If he picked up a pool stick, you wasn't going to get it back. Yeah. I mean, that's just it. And I, I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But, but, but tremendous. Like, like Ray said, uh, uh, thank God for my mama. And don't get me wrong. She's a preacher in her own right. But I don't know what we would have done without a strong male presence, mm-hmm. our father in our life, who we were going to school. As soon as we, Talking about the Lord called us to preach. He he understood that was a that was a call also to prepare, yeah. and he sent both of us off. Yes, and that was one of the greatest things to you know, us to leave this town, go somewhere else, experience some things, and come back. That's good. I, I'm that's good. glad you mentioned that, man, because that probably was the single most thing that influenced and impacted us more than anything. Mm-hmm. He just didn't let us announce our calling and say, "Okay, get a Bible and preach." Mm-hmm. Both of them were serious about us to be yeah. being serious about our ministry. Yeah. Go to school, make sure that you don't ever stand in that pulpit unprepared. If it, listen, my parents would, as a kid, would criticize my sermon. They would critique me. My mama would, as she drive me home. Well, I guess you didn't study that. <laughs> you didn't study that text. That you know, she's not even a preacher. And uh, so I got. They practiced on me by the time yeah. Nick Michael was already. You know, he's yeah. he's a teenager out of high school by that time, but. He, he learned by watching me get all the hit licks and stuff. Yeah. Um, but we, we, we had very similar um, upcomings, upbringings, because I was musically inclined and took care of the music department when I was there. When I left, he and Stive came behind me. Michael was the main drummer. Stive mm-hmm. was the main musician. Then Michael organized it. Um, he did like, um, I think, uh, Maurice White, he got off the drums and became um, the organizer of his own groups and bands. <laughs> so that's yet, a, yet another brother that you mentioned that is in in ministry, but he's a musician. Oh, um, yeah. And then at one point, at one point, of course, your father is retired now, but at one point, you all were pastoring at the same time yeah. in the same city. And we're going to talk about that a little bit as far as being in the same city or being in your hometown. But what was that like? pastoring at the same time as your brother and your father? Let me say this. Uh, it was awesome, man. It, it, it was great. And, but I was also, all, always careful. Um, it was so awesome and great. You know, you have something awesome and great, but you know that that thing can make you a target. Uh, Brown, I think we downplayed that so much in public with everyone else, but it felt so good. To pastor, now watch this, uh, Brother Cobbs, watch this. My dad was pastoring a part of a particular family. Ray had another part of the same wow. family. Wow. I had and had another part of the same family. And I'm talking about, that wasn't just one family. That was two mm. or three families. You know, generations were divided between the Browns. And we would come together. Let's say that family had a funeral or something. Mm-hmm. We all own program to share in that situation. So... Man, it was awesome to share together. We did a couple of, uh, we did a revival or two together. Uh, Dad, Ray, myself. I mean, it just, it was just a, a, a joy. Uh, you wanted to brag about it, but you, you kind of wanted to be quiet because 
you didn't want to get talked about because you know it, it was awesome. It was awesome. Didn't right. want to get hated on. Yeah, didn't want to get hated on. You know. Yeah, because it's definitely something that was enviable. I mean, it was something that that we we witnessed it, we watched it happen, we knew it was great, yeah. and uh, and we celebrated because. But that was just something that was just so unusual to have not only not only three family members pastoring, but but three family members pastoring successfully. Yeah. Um, and that, that was, that was something to behold. Yeah. Um, I loved, I loved preaching over at your, at your father's church. That was a, a, a preaching house. Just, yeah, I mean, yeah. you just say anything. They just, amen. <laughs> they was getting with you. And, and of course, love yeah. preaching for you all. And, and so when I first met you all and met the family, I was just amazed seeing this happen in the same city. Just remarkable to have that happen. But I want to talk a little bit more about that family dynamic. So did, was there ever a sense of competition between the two of you or even at that time between the three churches? As I, as I look back at it and reflect right now, man, I don't think we had time to think competition because we, I'm thinking about it now from your perspective. Then when you're living it and you grow up in it, you just don't look at it that way. So to a degree, I'll be honest with you, I took it for granted. I just thought, okay, we're doing what we're supposed to do. You know, it doesn't matter who has a big church, small church, good church. You know, we never, it never became an issue. First of all, we weren't never all, we weren't where we are now anyway. So we were all trying to just maintain. I was in a metal building. Michael was starting someplace at a, at a, um, <laughs> uh, I actually went from a, a, a strip mall to a, to, to a mall. Yeah. And mm-hmm. what we did though, Cobbs, and Michael, you could confirm this, we shared ideas, even with our father. Michael come back, tell me some stuff that's happening in, in Nashville. Man, there's a guy that started the church in the mall. He comes back, I remind him, man, you ought to do that mall thing. I'll tell him about something that's going on with me and then all of a sudden he'll revert, hey man, you ought to go ahead and, and, and try that, you know. Mm-hmm. how we paid musicians, how we, we, listen, we stole, if we stole ideas from anybody, it was from each other, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And so, um, because really, um, there was nobody else to me, you know, I love my city and, and I don't want to say this negatively, but matched our DNA per se, mm-hmm. of what we were exposed to. There weren't many pastors I could go to and say, you know, um, San Antonio was not affiliated with the people who I had gotten connected to in mm-hmm. Dallas, people he had been connected to in Nashville. And so, it, and then it was changing, that the guard was changing. I didn't know these new guys that were coming in at that time, many of them not here now, mm-hmm. uh, but the guards were changing. And so um, you still had your, your top 10 or whatever you want to call them in the BMU. Um, but it was just easier to call up daddy up and say, man, listen, I got a meeting on this. How do I handle that? You know, yeah. Hey Mike, you know, um, what you do about such and such and such, you know, so my, we, we just learned from each other that it couldn't be competition because we were learning from each other, men yeah. gleaning from each other and still do, still do. And let me say this, Cobbs. Now the, the full story growing up, Ray and I was super competitive. <laughs> Okay. You know what I mean? We, I mean, man, battleship. We, we, we fighting. Uh, you remember the little football game, little vibrating men? I mean, music. Anything. And I hated it. I hated it because the older brother is supposed to always win, cops. <laughs> no, I just put a lot of effort in the whooping you, and man. He was so persistent. He called himself, quote unquote, the African wild dog. 
my I'm God. coming up behind you. I'm coming up behind you. I'm I'm I'm, I'm right behind you. I'm right behind <laughs> you. And yeah, he would win. I'm I'm and it just it humiliated me. <laughs> but man, listen, honestly, you only feel like you need to compete against something or someone mm-hmm. that is greater than you. And, mm-hmm. I, and I always saw my brother, I was in his, in his shadow, always following him, saw the Lord's hand on him, man. So we, we grew up that way competing. But man, when we got into a, a, little, a different level of maturation, that went away. And so it was more of a complimenting each other yeah. than competing. And our father was just, man, just overjoyed that his last years of pastoring uh, were undergirded by two sons in ministry, yeah. more than that, two sons by birth. And so like, like Brown said, you know, when we needed somewhere to baptize, I knew I could go to Treebound and, and do a Sunday night service at Treebound to baptize because where I was, it was a little store, you know, a little strip mall. We ain't had no pool, that kind of thing. So it was a comp. And you know, another reason I think Brown, and you, you, you tell me if I got this, we didn't have time to compete, man, because we had our eyes on the prize, man. We, we were yeah. so purpose driven. Yeah. yeah. And we said yes to things that helped us get to our purpose and no, and, 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 and we definitely helped each other, man. Shared, shared books, sermons, ideas, concepts with each other all the time, going out to eat. Pulpits. Pulpits. Yeah, there it was. You know, and we didn't, you know, we didn't even think of it as, okay, man, listen, I didn't invite you last year. Uh, I mean, you didn't invite me last year. I'm, I'm offended, you know. Sometimes we would go years without even sharing pulpits and yeah. never think, man, hey, we ain't preached for each other in a while. Let's, yeah. you know, let's wrap that up. Let's just make an excuse, you know, because we, we, that's just how much we loved on each other, man. Yeah, we made sure we were family first, brothers first, wow. before the other stuff. And, and yeah. we knew we, could, we always had a place to preach. Ray always had a place to preach at True Vision. I always had a, matter of fact, man, when I was in school, man, that was, that was the destination, man. Spring break or coming home for summer. Uh, Thank you, Pastor Brown, and please tell Resurrection thank you for listening to them <laughs> terrible, uh, bad well, sermons that I gave. Well, they had to li- they, they they weren't it wasn't too bad for them because they had heard my bad sermons first, so they was like, <laughs> okay, well, shoot, they got something in common. Man, <laughs> we man. were both learning, man. We were just in our we didn't realize we were the age of my children now, the age of your children. Mm-hmm. I'm. 30 years old, 20 something years old, you know? And so, I mean, how do you preach a real, you know, strong, incredible, you know, message uh, of life experience at that, at that age, you know? We hadn't been through wow. nothing yet, you know? Well, that's good, that's good. And definitely uh, I have seen it, witnessed it again, that, that you all have had a ministry which you, you, you help others, you help other preachers, pastors, you pour into them. I've noticed, I noticed from, from day one, um, when I met you all that you, you have that in you, your father has that in him, just helping preachers. Oh yeah. In, encouraging preachers and, and making sure you shared ministry, you shared your ideas, you shared your thoughts. I remember riding around with you, uh, pastor Mike going to the bookstore and stuff like that. I just, just things like that. Um, and I, I'm like, man, I found somebody that likes to read, you know, like, oh, man, <laughs> just it, it was just in, incredible to see that. So to see the ministry that I that I have witnessed with the three churches at the time and then to see it continue on with True Vision and with Resurrection and your ministries. It is something to admire. It's something that I commend you on. 
that uh, that we notice, we take note of it, those of us who are observing. And that's why I wanted our listeners to to hear and to suffer some to meet you and some to to just hear behind the scenes kind of information and, and hear your your thoughts, because we don't get an opportunity to do this a lot. And uh, and I see why, because you guys are doing ministry on a level that is that is literally helped to change San Antonio. You are just and 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 for our listeners, they are on various parts of the city, but uh, pretty much cover all of San Antonio. And so it's just amazing to see the the coverage, the span, the reach of these two ministries. I want to ask you this. Uh, ha- have you seen any drawbacks to having family um, also in ministry in the same city that you're in? And have you seen any drawbacks? Has there been anything over the years like, oh, I wish we wouldn't have had to deal with this or this was a challenge? I um yeah, yeah. I think it's a plus, man. I, I wish I, it's so natural for us. It's I'm, I'm thinking that other guys should feel the same thing, you know, um, of family members and stuff like that. Um, again, to me, it was so underrated in my mind. You know, I did not get a chance to when my father was pastoring in good health. I did not realize, and I'm sure Michael felt the same way how much of a blessing this was, you know, it, it was just, I thought it was just business as usual. So I, um, I wouldn't know it any other way. Now I think about it today, you know, it, I would feel like um, I'm in a fishbowl, you know, you know, you're, you're looking for, you know, so me and Michael say it to ourselves, Cobbs, best friends, best friends. And I, we didn't grow, like you said, we grew up as competitors. We grew up, man, not, I mean, didn't like each other growing up, man, honestly. We fought night and day, you know, um, but that's because generationally we'll be different growing up. Um, but he really is, man. I mean, I can count on him. He can count on me. We, we still fight to this day. Serious, Nat, knock out drag outs. It take a while for us to get over. Then we come back together and say, you know, that's, that, that, that wasn't, you know, that wasn't too cool. That, that's not the right words we use, but I, I'll use that for this uh, podcast. <laughs> It is, it is church unfiltered, so you <laughs> It's unfiltered, but, but, but we're real with each other, man. Yeah, that's good. Um, when, when there are crises in our community, we talk to each other before we talk to the public. That's good. And yeah. uh, we, 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 we even go through sermons together. Man, what do you think yeah. about this text? You know? yeah. So I don't know if any other way, man. Uh, it, and it sounds idealistic, Cobbs, but I, I'm like Brown. I don't, I don't. The only regret, again, I've kind of said it already, I, I would have, is that we didn't take greater advantage mm-hmm. of it, or we haven't. In one yeah. sense, that's, in one sense, that's a regret, but yeah. another sense, even that's cool, you know. Um, we, 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 what, do you, what do you think that you would? That. What do you think you? What do you but, think that you would have done to take greater advantage of it? Because perhaps there's someone that's listening. Maybe they do have a relative. Maybe they have an opportunity to do that. What is an example of something you might do? you would have done differently? Well, you know what, let, let me say this. Uh, and, and, and let me tell you what, before I answer that, let me say this. I, I, and I guess, Brown, trying to, 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 to carve out who you are without having too much of the smell of the other. Mm. You know what I mean? And we are, we are so different. Yeah. But I went through those moments, you know, every young preacher goes through it, trying to figure out, 
who you gonna preach like, who you gonna yeah. teach like, who you yeah. gonna, who you gonna, who you gonna, who you gonna, who you mimic? Yeah. And trying yeah. to find that. And I think we needed to have a little time of separation, as I did, being the younger brother, to, to not always be Ray Brown's little brother. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. So I needed to make sure I'm, I'm Mike Brown. In other words, you know, the, the whole Saul and David, do I put on his armor? Uh, no, I, I'm, that works for him. The slingshot works for me. Mm -hmm. I had to find what works for me. And, and it has been, I think, a blessing overall. Our ministries in Brown, I've, 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 I've used analogies like this between uh, telling people about me and you. Ray Brown is NBA organized ball. Mike Brown is pick up a ball on street ball. Ray Brown is Muhammad Ali, polished, clean boxer. Mike Brown is Mike Tyson. And but now I'm not I'm not criticizing either style because I think they all they both work and they work right. for the, the 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 ministry the Lord has given us. Yeah. Individually. Wow, that's good. That's good. Listen, while he's saying that, let me just uh, add a little icing to it. And there were many times, because he was carving out a niche for himself, I was offended that he didn't ask me before he made certain decisions, you know. When did you do that? I call him up just like, you know, before we had this podcast covered on board, you know, we spy on each other and then we tell each other, yeah, I heard about what you did over there, you know. So we tease each other a lot, you know, because we're so, listen, we're so connected, but yet we're so individual. Yeah. Wow. You know, we go our own way. And, um, man, it, you know, it's a blessing. You know, who, who, who else can you trust yeah. to be your best friend? Yeah. Wow. You know, wow. than, 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 than a family member. You know, that, that friend you don't have to trust. I mean, don't, you don't have to worry about trust. We're so connected, but so individual, but we're both, watch this, in the image of our father because wow. he was radical at times. He did things that were new and inventive that other folk weren't doing. One of the first to have a computer in the church, one of the first to have drums back when we were growing up it was just piano and organ you didn't have no drum. he had that in church sunday morning you know so in a sense the question that i asked earlier as far as about how you guys were brought up and in the ministry that you have in a sense your father was innovative oh man your yeah. father he, exhibited innovation in ministry i did not realize it until we did get grown that he was as much as a, he's responsible for us being the nerd part that we have, you know, um, in terms of uh, modern um, devices. Okay. You know, he had a Sony reel-to-reel -reel, and he would record church on a real, big reel-to-reel -reel Sony um, tape recorder. Hmm. Then he got a cassette tape recorder. Before people had cassette ministries, he, he was recording then. He wasn't selling them back then but he record every service. Then he started a tape ministry, radio, uh, radio ministry, mm. all of that stuff, you know. Um, and then the next thing I knew, you know, um, then when you would go to a Mount Zion and you see that stuff in place, I'm like, wow, my dad was, you know, he was on this stuff, you know, early on, you know, he didn't have a staff, you know, but he did have the equipment. He was, my father was, I mean, literally, I don't want to say this in a, in, a, in a negative sense, a jack of all trades. He would drive the bus. He would fix the bus. Um, he would um, fix the church stuff. He was the, he was the maintenance guy. Hmm. You know, he very, very mechanically skilled. So 
um, which gave yeah. us some inkling about that. You know, when we started the churches, you know, we, 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 when Michael, you know, got true vision, I got resurrection. We knew how to have a, a church that didn't have nothing, you know, that we were going to have to build this, put this there, put that there. It was just in us. We watched our father do that because he brought us around that stuff. Wow. You wow. know, our, our we got to the was a stubborn visionary. Mm. If God gave him a vision, man, he was going to see to it no matter who said it couldn't happen, no matter who said we don't have enough money, no matter wow. who said this. He was like running water. Run, you cannot contain running water. You block it here, it's going to find another way around. And that is wow. in us. Wow. That I think, Brian, if we didn't have that in us, man, where would we be today if, the, if God didn't, didn't use our father and use him to put that in us as well? Man. Wow. That's, that's, a, that's a great segue into uh, the second part of what I wanted to talk about with you all, because you have built successful ministries in your hometown. Um, some people that may be listening may not understand or may not be familiar with True Vision and Resurrection, but these are churches that minister to thousands of people in San Antonio, in Texas, around the, around the country, around the world. Um, two locations, both churches have two locations, um, just tremendous, tremendous ministry that takes place from these two churches. How in the world did that happen in your hometown? That's such a rarity. There are, there are some people that we can, we can, we can point out, we can point out a Jeffrey Johnson in Indianapolis. We can point out certain people, certain pastors in their hometown have successful ministry, but, but we probably can count that on one or two hands, you know, that doesn't happen very often. How do you think it's been able to happen with the Brown brothers? You want me to take it first or you got it? You, you take it first. Three things come to mind. And, and, and let me say the first one is, man, just the way we were raised, our upbringing, we were just respectful of people. Whether we knew you or not, it was yes, ma'am, it was yes, sir we were just respectful of, of, of people. That's, that's my first thing I'm gonna say. Wow. Another reason I, I believe it is because we left. I think both of us left San Antonio and stayed away a minute. We can't, like, like a Moses in Egypt, had to leave Egypt for God to do something great, turn him around and send him right back to Egypt. And now he's a great emancipator. We left, saw some things, came back better. Uh, different. We had a chance to, hey, watch this. We had a chance to uh, leave and let some things die <laughs> so, so we could come back. Yeah. But the I third like thing, Brown, you said, you, you kind of started on this. My daddy, it was a, and is a brand name kind of fella. He drove a Cadillac. After that Cadillac, he drove another Cadillac. After that Cadillac, he drove another Cadillac. He, he bought Sony TVs. He had that, Ray talked about that Sony uh, uh, recording thing he had. Mm -hmm. Sony reel to reel, all that. He was a brand name kind of guy. He just felt like this name, this brand has proven itself. Therefore, I'm going to stick with this brand. My dad, I believe, built a great brand name in Brown. And all we had to do was not mess it up, honestly. Wow. So coming back here, just to know you Aristide Brown, son. Hey, you Reverend Brown, son. I think that in and of itself, I mean, I, I wish I could say, Ray, I wish I could say we opened our own doors, we moved our own mountains, but 
No, I, I think that Brown name. Now, don't get me wrong. We it, it, that that name opened the door to get you in. Yeah, it couldn't keep you in, but it got us in. And thank God that that God, you know, in us, you know. So that's 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 my three things. That's good. That's good. Um, let me just put more to that too. I put a fourth thing on there. I think the drive and the desire that our dad put in us, man, um, to not really settle. You know, as kids, we were building a church. Mm. You know, my dad would build something and they would have leftover lumber outside because we watched him build. We would build a church outside. Wow. Literally. Wow. We would play church. So as kids, you almost mimic what you're going to do in life, you know, so that the, the dream was in us. You know, you hear me preach about it all the time. Um, uh, the vision, you know. One of the things that um, I think that we saw from our dad more than anything, man, dude had vision. He, he could see where the church could be. And so when you see that, the, the, the thing that separates great preachers from good preachers is vision to me. I'm leaders as well, pastors as well. I know you got some other questions about preaching and pastoring, but vision, you know, Michael got the right name for uh, True Vision. He named it that, in, uh, am I right? No, 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 no. You it, took the Baptist off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, can, can, I, can I say something about that since you bring that up? Sure. Gregory sure. Wilson Jones, the founder of the church, and I'm not the founder here, uh, named True Vision. And I hated that name coming here. And I'm going to be honest and tell you why I think I, I hated it. I, For me, it felt like it was a name pointing to the church this church came from. Y'all didn't have any vision. We mm -hmm. have True Vision. Wow. So I hated that. I hate names like that. Mm. But, and I, and I really, and Ray, remember, we had conversations. Man, I want to change that. I remember. He's like, I don't know. We talked about that. But the Lord gave me, uh, he, he let me get comfortable with it and say, make this name, you know, what it ought to be. And so there wow. it is. Wow. Yeah. I didn't well, you've know definitely that. taken that. You've, and going back to brand, as you were saying, so you made True Vision a brand. Yeah. You've t I think before it was just a name that really reflected the history. Yeah. Um, yeah. Resurrection, on the other hand, immediately was different because I just you don't hear many um, Protestant churches named Resurrection. That's more of a Catholic type of name, you know, the Church of the Resurrection, the, the Resurrection of Our Lord, or something like that. And so it kind of struck me as odd. I said, okay, I could, I could, I could do this because I like odd names, you know, and um, and so it separates us to begin with, you know, Resurrection. It's already out there, you know, there's no other, you know, there's a lot of Bethany's, there's a lot of your first and second and third Baptists, you know, but there's, you know, mm -hmm. there's only one resurrection. And then this world we live in, there's only one resurrection, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, I'll go back to the word vision again. Um, that's one of the things that I think that um, we, that uh, mimic from him greater than any other trait to cause our ministries to be mm -hmm. where they are. And we have not stopped dreaming yet. We always talk about the future. Yeah. When you're going to retire, oh, next year, shoot. Mm -hmm. Next year is 10 years ago, you know? <laughs> you know, what you going to do in five years? So we always talk about that. Yeah. And um, I, I think if you stop talking about the future, when you stop talking about the future in your ministry, that's when you know it's time for you. To, it's time to go. Because all you're doing now is living off the past. And we're never satisfied with the past. I think the reason why we're able to even um, navigate a pandemic is because we were already in the future. 
when the pandemic came, we said, okay, what's this pandemic gonna look like five months from now? You know? Yeah. And so we made preparations, but I remember we had already made preparations mm -hmm. by being yeah. set up the way we are now. You know, another, when he, another, I don't, another, yeah, I don't even know when you started example. streaming, Michael. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Um, yeah, it's another great example of two churches that, that didn't miss a beat and, and, and continue to, to be a model of ministry, even during this pandemic season. I want, I want us to, 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 to wrap up this time together with talking to pastors that are listening. You, you two are a great demonstration of not just faith and family and being, being members of the same family and pastors as well, but you're great leaders. That's one of the things that um, my, my mentor, um, when I first came to San Antonio, Dr. Maurice Watson told me to hang around you two. <laughs> he wow. saw something in you guys. And so he was like, no, no, there's something about these guys. And so, um, and that's, that's what I've done because I know I love leadership. I love good leadership. So I want you to talk to pastors who are listening. You just said something, um, Pastor Brown, you just said something about if you stop looking to, to the future, if you stop thinking about the future, there are guys that are struggling right now, dealing with the pandemic, don't know what lies ahead. I know even the two of you, none of us know what lies ahead, but what do you say to them, these guys that are, that are maybe in their office or maybe at home and they're just trying to figure out what to do next? What do you say from, from the Brown brothers? What's some advice that you want to give to, to these pastors? I'll start off with this and I'm going to let Michael kind of chime in on this. But the very first thing you do is pray. I mean, before you try to decide anything, Lord, this is not this was not on my agenda. You know, this is not something I felt I was prepared for. I'll be honest with God. Where do I begin? Where do I start? And you get up off your knees and you believe that God is speaking to you and he's ordering your steps. And you got to believe that. And then you've got to do with the um, sons of Issachar. Understand the times. You know, James Cleveland had a great song in the 70s. Nobody told me the road would be easy, but I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. I mean, his songs were very traditional, very, I mean, the words didn't even make sense in the English language sometimes. You know, uh, I don't feel no ways tired. I, you know, does anybody talk like that? <laughs> you know, uh, can't, can't nobody do me like Jesus, you know? such a he would just you know butcher the english language but it's really part of the african-american experience so if you you know this is not just for african-american either but still our roots tell us that we can endure anything but i believe it starts uh, this is my own personal experience with prayer me and my brother pray together sometimes you know not just we're not just brothers man we we're literally prayer partners you know, when I've gone through storms, he was there to pray with me and they pushed me and, you know, uh, to minister. And that's what we're called to do, to minister to people. So my job now is to forget about my own personal pain. If you're a preacher that's going through right now, remember, you're not going through by yourself. There's other guys going through too. Stop pitying yourself. Pick yourself up and realize, don't woe me. Woe is me. You've been preaching that stuff too long. And say, now, Lord, what's my next step? And, you know, you accept that and, 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 and let him order your steps. That's my, 
That's my good. piece. That's good. Uh, let me say it like this. If first you, you've heard it, if first you don't succeed, try again. And I think you need to try, try. God teaches us perseverance. And I don't mm. think now you try always the same thing. You might have to try something new to get where you're going, but keep trying. I mean, how many times, Brown, you remember when you helped me, man, I, now, Cobb, I think I did this. The timing wasn't right. My brother, maybe this was a little bit of that competition we were talking about earlier. My brother had an 8 o'clock service, man. I'm like, man, we need an 8 o'clock service. <laughs> man, we started an 8 o'clock service, man. You know, we built it up, talked about it, and first service. Man, them folk fooled me, Cobbs. They showed up the first two, three, eight o'clock. After a while, after they showed up to see what it was, I was by myself, man. And, man, it was depressing coming to that cold building at 8 o'clock in the morning. Nobody's wow. there. And I was on the verge of shutting it down. Talk to Pastor Ray Brown. And I, this, this is going to go with what I'm, what I'm saying. Talk to Pastor Ray Brown. And he gave me some, some ideas and pointers to think about, prayed about that thing, man. And now it, 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 it became one of our successful mm. services. So, number one, if you don't succeed, keep trying. Try something new. Try something fresh. Try, try again. Wow. Second thing, man, this is what I hate about my San Antonio Spurs sometimes. They don't play all four quarters. Mm -hmm. Man, play all four quarters, man. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes, you know, you give up. Two things can happen. Either you get so far ahead, you get so comfortable, you stop playing. Or you get so far behind, you stop playing. Wow. But I've seen great teams, man, that were far behind, but they kept playing man and all of a sudden fourth quarter come two seconds left in the game man the game is tied up it's a new game now so play all fourth quarters and lastly is this and brown this goes with what i just said uh, a minute ago everybody won't have the uniqueness of having a brother and a father in ministry in the same city and not only that actually love each other real family close everybody didn't have that they may have the family part but they right. may not have the close right Right. But you don't really need that. But here's one thing I think you do need. As great as Michael Jordan was, he needed a coach. As great as Kobe Bryant was, he needed a coach. Wow. I think all of us need coaches, man. And sometimes Phil Jackson didn't have to coach Michael to, to learn how to play the game. But you need somebody, man, every now and then to encourage you, to keep you engaged, keep you focused, get in That's your good. That's it. That's good. That's the advice. That's good. Let, let me just add to that. Let me add to that piece mentorship is key it is not only do you need to be one you need to have one man yeah that's we've got mentors man we, we 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 got mentors you know he'll bring somebody or call somebody or we'll talk to somebody that that's close to him we'll listen and the same thing with me mentorship yeah wow that's good that is definitely good and thank you once again for everything that you do in ministry and you have been a blessing to so many so many preachers, both of you have been a blessing to so many preachers um, and your, your, your ministry reach is expansive. And so we just thank God for you. And I definitely wanted to make sure that our listeners got an opportunity to meet you. I want us to close out. If there's any last thing that you would just want to share, there's something even about your church, tell us how to let the listeners know how they can uh, tune in or, or, or get connected to your church. And, um, and because we, we want to make sure that they hear, they hear the Brown brothers and you definitely want to make sure that you hear them. 
And that was one thing I was going to say to you. The distinct ministries definitely is there. You have a distinction um, that is there. And so I'm grateful to, to be able to, to be privy to both. But I want, to, I want you to share with our listeners just how do, they, how do they get in touch with you, not touch with you as far as being able to call you up, but how can they get in touch with you as far as your ministry and uh, be able to, to take advantage of what- Let me say this before we close too. This brother who has hosted us today, Pastor Cobbs, is also a brother. Um, I'm actually, Michael knew him before I did. And now he's connected with us, but he was connected with my father, connected with Michael, connected with us. So we want to thank you, man, for having Bless us you. and inviting Bless us you. to be on your podcast. Can I ask you a question, Cobbs? Now, I think yes. it was when you first came to town, wasn't one, didn't you do a revival with my dad when I was there, right? I preached. I didn't do a revival. Okay. I didn't. Yeah, okay. But I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that was one of the early places you preached that when you came to San Antonio. Actually, he, actually, your, actually, your father was the first pastor in San Antonio to preach me, to put me up. That's, that's, wow. that's who he is, Doc. That's he who was he the, is. Was you with Black or was you on the oldest? Know, yeah. Black? Okay. Yep. Yep. So, so definitely there's a connection and I thank God for you. So share, share with us about your church or how can they connect with your church? TBC? Oh, you're talking to me? True Vision Church, man. True Vision Church, San Antonio. Look us up. We're on Facebook. Uh, we are on on YouTube, 210-590-4460. If you still use a phone, hey, call us. Info <laughs> at truevisionchurch.org. Email us. Uh, man, listen, you want to give? Give Lafay a uh, <laughs> cash app? Hey, Go ahead, put that plug in, brother. <laughs> Contribute. Amen. Uh, uh, Mike Bramsey. Cash app at Michael Steve Brown, I think. Push pay. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> But, but, but all, all, of the, all of the normal ways, Google us, you, you'll find us. What time is your service? Right now, we're only doing a, uh, because of the pandemic, we're only doing a 10 o'clock service now. Okay. Uh, some, it, most times it is straight live. Every blue moon, you'll see something that might be uh, pre-recorded but for that day. But yeah, 10 o'clock on Sundays. We are thinking of Brown. Where you at, man? And hey, Kyle, it's nothing we, we talk about. Hey, man, when you going back? Hey, man, when you think you're going to go back? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That that might be a little competition, you know. If he get back, if I know he got a date covered up, okay, we got to get up and get back. <laughs> but I don't want to. I don't want to catch your stream and then see what's Matt Deacon so and so <laughs> at True Vision. Kyle, <laughs> uh, we have gone over your time. Are you okay? No, we we, we well, we're good. We're good. You gonna splice it, cut it down? <laughs> Let me just say this, man. Our, our churches have been so. And we talk about the we, we talk about our churches. We talk about our churches. We do. We really do mm-hmm. in a great, awesome way. Uh, Paul said, you know, to 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 I think the church of Thessalonica, man. Every time I pray to God, I'm thanking God for you. Yeah. And I think that's how we are. We're always thanking God for our churches. And they have made this this time, this season, this wilderness, uh, this mm. COVID nineteen pandemic thing. They have made it easy in their attendance online and their giving and their sharing. Brian, I know you get like I do every now and then text messages saying, Pastor, you've been leading us through this time. And it's so encouraging yeah. to, to know yeah. we passed some awesome churches, man. Truly, you, 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 you should have separated us because we could go on. This thing could go on forever. You just hit a key point. Yeah. We talk very positive about our church. Man. That's another thing that a lot of pastors don't do. They talk right. negative about their members. Yeah. And I'm like, man, how can you hate on your people like that? You know, yeah. I mean, you know, and my, again, that's a testament to our dad. My dad told me, you know, you make sure if you don't do nothing else, love these exact quote unquote words, love the hell out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Love the hell out of them. Love the hell out of them. Yeah. 
Exactly. And I've seen my daddy, you know, um, you know, stand up to members who were saying all kinds of things to him. And he just, man, I'm like, he don't act like that at home. You know, he would have raised an eyebrow and raised his voice, but he's just very humble around people. And, um, and that's the way we were taught. And I think that's what helps us to get to the place where you can go to myrbconline.org. Um, and we're not with Givelify, but we are with Pushpay. It's in the right-hand corner when you get to the website. <laughs> God bless you. You go to our website. All the information for resurrection is on there. Uh, we thank, again, God for this, uh, this uh, venue, this opportunity. And, it's, and the service time? Our service time is at 10 o'clock to it on, on Sundays. So both services and, uh, are at, at 10 o'clock. So which one should they watch? Resurrection. Um, <laughs> since they all recorded, you know, let the Lord use you. Let, let him order your steps. I said that earlier, pray about it. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you once again. And we just thank, thank you, God for those that are listening uh, to this episode of Church Unfiltered podcast. And these were the Brown brothers, Pastor Michael Steve Brown, the True Vision Church and Pastor Ray D. Brown of the Resurrection Church, both in San Antonio. And we thank God for your ministry and thank God for what you are doing for the kingdom of God. God bless you, brothers. Thank you for being here on today. God bless you, Cobbs. Thank Amen. you, man. Thank you for listening to Church Unfiltered with Dr. Anthony Cobbs. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. For more resources related to today's topic, visit churchunfiltered.com or follow Dr. Anthony Cobbs on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.